Hi guys, this is the second installment of I Am Question Mark, a Confessions of a Broken Person, and today's episode is I Am a Felon. All right, now this is going to jump over a lot, back and forth a lot, and, and as I do this podcast, you'll see the difference, and you'll, you'll, I'll put everything in order for you because this is going to be this story time is going to be all out of order okay now a while back i was living in a hotel on harrison avenue in panama city and it's one of those uh hotels that is mixed of the bates motel and one of those just a creepy dirty grimy hotel and um at the time, I had been so in trouble. I was on uh, two antidepressants and didn't care and was just in a bad place. Well, at the time, uh, I ran into this guy at the hotel. There's a lot of miscreants that come in. And one of them, we'll call him Dusty Larry. We'll just call him that from. Well, I was sitting in my hotel outside watching the, like, watching the people go by, and I heard Dusty Larry talk about how he had just broken into a bar and um, we'll just call the bar rodeo. It's not the actual name, but I'll just call it that. And he came in to the hotel area with the backpack on his back and it had, you could hear it clanging from liquor. And he had said that he just had uh, broken into the bar, which was right behind the hotel. And uh, so he came back and he said, I only got a little bit of money and I got some bottles out or whatever. Uh, But I've never been in trouble in my life. I've always been a good kid. I've always been in like pretty good standing with people. And I think this is the one incident that really tarnished what people saw of me and disappointed my parents and my family. But I'll, I'll digress. We'll get back. So, um, Dusty Larry had, you know, which he was a homeless miscreant that would always come up and down the streets and you could see him. Well, I had just heard the story and it was like, oh, okay, that's, you know, whatever. So I left that alone. And, uh, many years later when I was on the streets and I was desperate in desperation and just at my last, I just could, I was heartbroken. I was beat down. I just felt like I was, I call them my dark periods and I'm sure everybody has those. Well, I was out of my luck. I was living on the streets. I was staying at the mission. I was sleeping behind restaurant buildings, using their floor mats as blankets. Um, I had a backpack on my back and that was all that I had. So I was at my desperate, desperate point to the point where when I was at the mission, I'd heard a girl talk about, well, might as well go to jail cause you get food, three meals and you get to, you get a hot cot, you get, you get a cot to sleep in, which I knew it wasn't a glamorous situation, but I pretty much was like I don't have anything else my parents refused to let me come back to the house and I mean and that's a whole story in itself and we'll go into that in another chapter um but 
I wound up calling the police at one point, at my lowest point, and said, look, I have robbed a bar, or I, I, I said I broke into a bar, and I had described all of the things that Dusty Larry had said. I probably even put a little more in it, like I was a lookout, and I, which, <laughs> to this day, I feel like it was probably one of the dumbest moments, but at the time, you don't know. You just need a place to stay and food, and you're just tired of being out on the streets and finding places to to live, which I'll tell you my homeless stories later too, because there's a lot of people that you would just never look, you overlook and you would assume that they were on drugs or if they were, you know, bad people, but the people I met on the streets, some of them have major stories that nobody sees and they're always the overlooked. But anyways, I digress. We'll go into the rest of it. So I turned myself in. And I said, um, and I remember I was at one of the hotels at night when I called. It was when payphones, when there were actually payphones. And the police came and met me at the hotel. And I had told their story. They looked at me baffled, like, why is this person telling me all this? To the point where they saw that I was not a threat, that they, when they finally arrested me and took me to the station, they didn't put me in handcuffs because they knew that I wasn't. I didn't have, I was, they, I think they thought I was weird for turning myself in because the way that the officer was looking at me and the detective was looking at me was like, why is this, why, why are you coming here? So I, well, I went in and I um, got put in holding cell. They did everything. I went to go see the judge. The judge gave me ROR, like, because, you know, hey, he'll come back. He turned himself in. So I had a court date. And at that time, around the time of the court date, I had never been in trouble. So I was terrified, terrified. So I didn't go to my court date, (laughs) which is the dumbest thing I've ever done. And I, well, not the dumbest thing, but it's been one of those things in my head that I'm like, why did you not do, why did you do that? So I take the back. I, once I missed my court date, they set a warrant out for me. And at the time I was still on the streets and I didn't, I, I didn't know what to do. So I um, had a friend who I stayed with for a minute and, I, and they gave me a bus ticket because I'd heard another person say, Memphis is nice. Memphis, you will get in. And Memphis, you, you, know, you can get a job there. Everything looks great. Everything, you can just go there, get a job, everything. They'll set you up. And so they said, well, I asked my friends. I was like, hey, is there any way that you can pay for me a bus ticket to go to Memphis? Like, by, let's, let's just say I had a backpack on my back. That was all I'd had. They gave me a ticket and I went to Memphis. Um, On the bus was the hardest thing to compute that as soon as you get off at your stop, usually when you go on trips, you go get to your stop. Somebody picks you up and takes you wherever you go and then you meet your friends. Well, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything. I just had the address for the Memphis mission. 
So I get to the Memphis Mission, and for one, I there's no shade in Tennessee because Tennessee is actually a beautiful place, but I believe I will not go back to Memphis. Anyways, I was doing the Memphis thing on the street, staying at missions at times, and getting food from local like places that do like homeless mission meals and things like soup kitchens and things like that and I was surviving through that well um let me see sorry if I seem like I'm I'm trying to make my point without going off into another tangent but um Memphis oh so then I'm at the mission one of the missions that lets you use a computer to get a job like a resource center And I looked up my name and saw that I had had a warrant out because they always put on like line and they give you those little blogger pages that have um, who was wanted, who got arrested, things like that in Panama City. But meanwhile, I was in Memphis, just messed. My brain was not right. I was like, I wasn't taking my... uh, my depression medication I had I was just in the in the worst spot so I found out that I was um had a warrant out for me so I called my dad at one point and said look I'm tired of running I I'm running from something I don't I'm running I don't know where I'm going I'm running to something or from I'm running from something so my dad bought a ticket for me to come home. I, I want to say it was like a f- Saturday that I got back to Panama City. And I slept for a little bit at my parents' house. And then on that Monday, my dad took me in to, from, to, for me to book myself in. So here we go. To step two of me turning myself in. <laughs> I I don't know, but um, so I get back and see the judge, and the judge was like, "Okay, I RRR'd you last time. Like I let you go, thinking that you would come back, but boo, you are a flight risk." <laughs> so they made me stay in jail for thirty days because my court date was scheduled thirty days, but they were not letting me go, so I had to be there I had to uh I there was no way I could they weren't gonna let me go because they were like look (laughs) we're not coming for you which they didn't because I turned myself in for something that I really wasn't in but I just needed a way out so (laughs) so so I the 30 days was rough I met a lot of people and I might go into a subsection of that but we'll go on back to the um I was so broken and brokenhearted. I had a relationship that had gone bad and I had gotten, you know, abused. And I had an alcoholic. He was an alcoholic, but I loved him so much and he broke my heart. And that was one of the another thing of being broken and running away from from stuff because I would hear he's got another boyfriend here or he's hooking up with him so I just didn't want to deal with that so that was another reason I skipped town to go to Memphis it was all like a big dark 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 blur 
So, let's get back on topic. <laughs> so, jail. I got back from... I, I went to jail for 30 days. After they let me go, I was put on probation for two years. Um, luckily, my mother, who had been the only one to see me in jail, my dad didn't show up, which I, I get it. It's okay. That's the difference. We'll go into that story, too. <laughs> but... Um, I was so broken that I would cop to something that I didn't do. There was no evidence. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't there, but it was what the only thing that I knew to do to, or to say that I did that would put me in jail so that I could have a place to live and food to eat. And I'll tell you this, I, um, the medication situation, I was so uh, zombified by the antidepressants that I didn't care. I didn't care about my life. I didn't care about myself. I hated myself. I am still trying to love myself now, but it was like a lot worse. I don't know where I would be right now had it not been for the love of my husband for one because it's, it was a dark, dark time. Um, so then I was labeled, okay, I'm now go back. We'll go back to the, to the, um, so I go to court after I like, when I, after my 30 days, I go to see the judge and they let me go, but they said, that I would have to do probation for two years and I would have to pay a large fine. It was like over two grand in fines. And uh, then they would expunge it off my record. So I did everything I got put on. But the day that I paid the last of my fines and did the last of my probation was probably the most free that I felt. So I can understand how people who are... um, who are major felons and they finally get off parole, how they feel, they just feel free because they don't have, and I have to say that there are a lot of bad things that go on in jails and the legal system and some people are unjust. I've met so many people that you could tell that they were not people that needed to go to jail. They were just people who needed help and who needed a place and who needed, so it wasn't all, people in jail are not all bad. So, um, so as I say this, I um, will always consider myself a felon, regardless of how my life is, just like if, if I was out, I, like I said in my first episode, if you're an alcoholic, regardless if you've drank for 20 years, or not drank for 20 years, you're still an alcoholic. So that's letting you know that I am a felon. And another is don't judge somebody just because they've been to jail because you never know what their story is. And you don't have to prove anything to anybody. But I remember after coming back and finally getting myself together in Panama City, that people that I grew up with, people, adults that like taught me 
I noticed that a lot of them talked to me different and looked at me different because when you have a principal to burglary felony, people look at you different, but they don't know the story. They don't know how you are. They don't know what your struggle is. That's why my one of my favorite things to like think about are don't judge somebody because you never know what battles that they deal with. So in that sense, I guess I will wrap this up and stay tuned for some more of I am question mark confessions of a broken person. And I will let you in on my drug abuse. I will let you in on my the many abuses, physical and mental, that I've endured and how that has become, how I have tried to break a cycle. So thank you for listening. And I hope to have a lot of these, a lot more of these and be open and honest as, as I can. So thank you for listening and look out for another episode of I am question mark. Confessions of a Broken Person. Thanks for listening. I love you all and love each other.